This episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast has been brought to you by the Growth Center for Church and Mission. The Growth Center has established the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader, a ministry ecosystem which brings together pastors, ministry leaders, and marketplace leaders who are finding creative ways to utilize their faith and their talents to bring the gospel to the cities and communities they live in. Check them out at thegrowthcenter.com. Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. I am here with John, my good friend, my co-host. John, how are you doing? It's always good to see you. Hey, Jalen. It's great to see you. Uh, always fun to hang out on a Thursday night. Um, I have had a pretty um, relaxing is not the right word, but I think it's a slightly lighter week this week. I just preached uh, this past Sunday, which means that I won't be up in the rotation for at least another month, um, maybe more with uh, sometimes our scheduling gets a little, you know, thrown off when we have stuff like Easter and things like that. But um, yeah, so I've been enjoying my week. One of the things that I've really enjoyed this week at church is that, um, you know, our county is the last county in California to drop the indoor mask requirement. And so we um, made the decision this week that during in the office, uh, because everyone is vaccinated um, and, you know, at least so far, no one has said otherwise or complained about it. Um, we are able to go about our day-to-day stuff in the office without having to wear masks, which is literally a breath of fresh air. Um, and so it's been it's been so good. Uh, I think for our church services, we're still going to keep them just because there's a lot more people, you know, um, in uh, on the campus. But during the week when we're in the office, you know, everyone has. Um, relatively more uh split off space you know some of us share offices but a little more space to spread out things like that so i'm very very thankful for that i've been waiting i feel like a long time um yeah so that that's been good and then um you might enjoy this you know you know we both love fantasy basketball um talking you know the nba and things like that and um one of the things that I was really enjoying this week is I'm in a fantasy basketball league that is with um, former students from the youth group that I served in. And so uh, all of the guys that are in this league, when they started, were students in the youth group um, at different ages. And, you know, we've expanded and picked up new new guys, but they all started as youth group members. But at this point, every single one of them, except for one, is out of college and working. And so um it's been a great way for me to stay connected with them and you know um this is our 14th season of fantasy basketball and just today or like in the last two days was our trade deadline and so there's been a flurry of activity i am getting messages from some of these guys who i only really text this time of the year but it's great just uh hearing from them and yeah and hanging out and, and laughing at each other and you know, hopefully making fun deals for our fantasy basketball league. So it's been really fun. But how have you been? What's your week been like? What have you been up to? Yeah, that sounds really exciting. And we could probably talk a long time about fantasy basketball (laughs) and real basketball. But 
Um, I was thinking, you know, as you were talking about how uh, you're not up in the rotation for a while for preaching, and I know that you're going to be in Chicago later this month. <laughs> and I've actually, I've preached every Sunday this year, except for one. Hmm. So maybe we could flip-flop, John. We're okay. going to talk off air about uh, okay. possibly getting some pulpit supply. Okay. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, we can. We, for sure we can. Yeah. That's not me saying yes, so that it's not on record right now since we're recording, <laughs> but we'll definitely talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, things are going well. Uh, so as you know, our oldest is um, on the volleyball team for school, uh, for his middle school, and they just got their first win today, nice. which is super exciting. It's been... Um, you know, like they're, they're a lot of them, a lot of the kids are just like learning volleyball for the, like literally the first time. And so, you know, it's been rough for some, some of the games it's been, you know, they've been pretty discouraged and I know actually they had a game yesterday and they didn't do very well. And so, you know, you know, our oldest was pretty dejected and he was pretty, you know, he took it pretty hard. Uh, but today, like just being at the game, watching them, you know, win was really exciting. They were you know, encouraging each other. They were having a lot of fun, um, just super excited to watch them. And so that was really good. And uh, mm -hmm. we just had a mini celebration at home, got some extra dessert after dinner. So a lot of fun, but awesome. Yeah, it was good. Are they going to make a Disney movie about their story from, <laughs> from rags to riches, you know, like a mighty ducks. Yeah, exactly. Except volleyball style. <laughs> find a flying V formation for the That's volleyball right. team. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's always good to hang out and catch up with you Jalen each week. And that's probably one of the things that I love about this podcast or doing this podcast. But I also love when we get to have new guests on and hanging out with us. So tonight um, we have a good friend of mine, Chuck Carter on with us. Chuck is the next generation and English pastor at his church. Um, the church he serves at is the, um, Greater Lafayette Chinese Alliance Church, uh, which is in Indiana. So, Chuck, it's great to have you on with us. Um, we, yeah, we're, we can't wait to talk ministry with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, thanks, Chuck. The first question that we always ask is uh, just for you to share briefly your ministry journey, your calling with us, and just to give us an idea of how uh, God led you into pastoral ministry. It was a long journey. Um, you know, my, uh, I grew up in China as a child, and, and um, my parents were missionaries over in Hainan Island and also in uh, Sichuan, and um, so I got to experience a lot of um, ministry opportunity, got to see God move in such amazing ways, and I think that was really like a big um, thing in, you know, God getting my heart ready for ministry and um, gave me a, a heart for one China and, 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 and really just, um, learning to love on people, even though they, they weren't necessarily, they didn't look like me, talk like me, um, and, and do things similarly. Um, my heartbeat was, was for China, especially growing up. And, um, and, you know, when I was a, I guess a teenager, um, uh, you know, those, those messages of, uh, that you kind of hear at camp and, and stuff like that and different youth ministry situations when I was back here in the States, um, you know, I got the opportunity to go to some of those things. And um, I really felt God calling me um, into the ministry at, you know, a, you know, a young age. I was a teenager, probably around the age of 12, 13, um, where, uh, you know, God really spoke to me and, and gave me a passion to serve passion to work in the church ministry. And so I kind of knew, um, 
early on that that's the direction God had for me, even though I had those, you know, ideas of wanting to be like, you know, a pilot or a police officer or something like that, you know, like every, every young boy wants to do. But um, yeah, I, I remember serving in the church and, and getting to, you know, help kids that were younger than me, you know, and things like Awana and helping them with verses and stuff like that. And, you know, that, that spoke life into me, that, that gave me energy. Um, and so I remember God using that as, you know, something to, you know, just give me a glimpse of what he might want me to do. Um, and so, uh, I think, uh, I moved back to the United States when I was, uh, 16. So I was, I was in China and in the United States, uh, on and off throughout my childhood. And, um, you know, I, I, I felt God again, calling me to ministry, wanting to go to, um, ministry school and, and, you know, figure out what that looked like. And, uh, so at the, the age of 16, I came back to the United States and, and, um, and I got accepted to Bible college and stuff like that. And, um, you know, he led me down quite a few different kinds of journeys, uh, with that of, you know, battling whether or not I, uh, go in a different kind of future or career or staying in what he called me to. And, and so that was, that was a big learning thing for me. Um, but in the midst of that, you know, he gave me opportunities to serve in various churches and, um, large churches all the way down to really small churches. Um, so it gave me a lot of good experience and just grew my passion um, for, for youth ministry, children's ministry, and just in general, I guess, church ministry and seeing how God could use, you know, someone like me just to, you know, share the gospel and, and want to encourage people in the truth. And so um, the journey was great. And, I, you know, I really think that um, God blessed me with parents who um, were first generation Christians. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think that was, you know, just awesome to see how God could take people like them and, and really use them and, um, how it really impacted me. Um, you know, Chuck, as I was hearing you share your story about how you, um, heard, you know, God's calling or experienced God's calling in your life at a very young age, I guess I'm curious, how did you move from experiencing that calling to like, uh, looking into Bible school, were there people in your life that helped fan that into flame or, um, you know, what, what was that like for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, uh, my parents were definitely some big culprits of that. Um, along with, uh, I had a great youth pastor, um, who really, you know, um, encouraged me and, and, you know, I got to observe how he impacted people and you know, that really left a, a great like impact in my life and influence. Um, and uh, so I would, I would say for sure, yeah, God brought quite a few people into my life that, that really, you know, he used to help, um, you know, uh, push me into the direction of church ministry. And then how did you uh, end up at the church that you're at right now? Well, I, you know, I served um, in a church in Pennsylvania for a while uh, during and, and a little bit after um, uh, my, my undergrad. And, and so, um, I'm a person who's never gone to seminary yet. Um, but, uh, one that, you know, right as I was in, in school and stuff like that, got involved in churches and stuff. And so, um, uh, right out of, out of that, like I was serving this, this church and I, I felt God calling me somewhere else. And, and so that was 
a fun three, four year journey of just, you know, God, I'm serving now, but you're asking, you know, you want me to step down and you, you know, there's something next. And we had this waiting period of, of time. And, um, and so one of the journeys he had me on was being content, being content with, um, you know, uh, you know, I'm not serving in ministry, but I'm, I'm having to work a full-time job um, and, and having that desire to still serve and to desire to do it full-time, you know, to, to spend my, my day-to-day doing that. Um, and, and so in that three-year journey, um, there was um, a lot of prayer, a lot of tugging at my heart. You know, I, we also had the desire possibly to go into missions and things like that as well. But there were just a lot of closed doors and a lot of, um, you know, resumes sent out, uh, churches that, you know, I looked at and I was like, oh, this might be a good, you know, a good fit. And others, I was like, I don't think I'd fit there very well at all. Um, and, and just this journey of, you know, trying to figure out what, what God had for me. And so our prayers, um, instead of just praying for, uh, you know, just to be in a ministry, the prayers start to change for, you know, towards, uh, well, how has God um, built me? What, you know, what are, uh, what, what kind of experiences, what, what's my past? How, how has that influenced who, you know, how God has made me? And, and so one of the things that I started to pray for was for God to use my past. And so having grown up in China, um, that was a big part of my life. Um, and, and so we start to pray in that direction. And um, I had a friend who knew that, you know, I was in the search and he was like, Hey, there's, there's this youth ministry website. Have you ever heard of it? And I was like, no. And so he's like, why don't you throw your resume up there and see what happens. And um, pretty quickly, um, you know, uh, greater Lafayette Chinese Lions church was there. And um, I, you know, I saw it there and I was like, wow, that's interesting. You know, it seems like a really cool opportunity. And so I, I just put my resume there on, on, and they were able to see it. And I got a call pretty quickly after that. Um, and you know, if you can think about four years of waiting basically, and, and waiting for God to bring that next chapter of life, um, into place, uh, it started to happen very quickly. Um, and so, uh, we got the call, you know, and I got to meet on a, I guess back then it was Skype. Um, a Skype interview and um, kind of just talk about who I am and who they are. And, and then I found out, you know, Hey, there's, there's this big denomination called the Christian missionary Alliance. I had no idea about. Um, and so that was, you know, a very big journey. And so uh, probably a few months later uh, we ended up coming out to Indiana to do a site interview and, um, one of our biggest prayers in that, you know, cause we were discern trying to discern whether this is the right thing or not. It was all happening pretty quickly. Um, we kind of asked God, um, to show my wife and I, like, if this is the place, God, would you give us this overwhelming peace and specifically praying, would you help us to feel like when we do end up leaving after the interview that we're, we're leaving home and, you know, we went through the whole interview process on, on site at the church and got to meet, meet so many great people. And um, it was just refreshing uh, as well to be back surrounded by Chinese culture again. As we were, you know, driving away that, that next day after a weekend of interviewing and meeting people, um, it was the, you know, a God thing. My wife and I just both looked at each other and we were like, 
um, this is weird, but we feel like we're leaving home and there's this piece about being here in Indiana. Um, and so um, for us, we kind of already knew in our hearts and we had to wait about a week. Uh, and then the church finally caught us and um, <laughs> we didn't realize being a part of the CNMA that we'd have to go through an even bigger process of meeting with the district and going through a big interview and filling out all this um, theology paperwork and questionnaire. And so uh, we ended up coming uh, to Indiana in uh, August of 2010. So I've been here about 11 years. That's awesome. But does your wife previously, had she had any like uh, upbringing or familiarity with like Chinese heritage or culture? Zero. Hmm. So um, that, that was something that was really just confirming to me, like, you know, that um, she was willing to do that and it didn't scare her. For sure. Um, you know, and so that, that was something great. I think the most she knew about it was going to the Chinese buffet and sometimes uh, eating some of the Americanized Chinese food. Um, but I think that was before me, the, you know, the biggest extent of her understanding. So, so the learning curve was great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And now 11 years plus into ministry at this church, uh, what have been for you some of the joys and challenges of being and serving in a Chinese heritage church? Yeah, I mean, that that's such a great question. Like, I guess one thing is like, there's there's something amazing about Chinese culture of, you know, really f- making someone feel welcome and, you know, really trying to show honor to someone. And, um, you know, that, that's always been something great. Our church, you know, really just treats us so well um, caring for us and, and, and trying to see how they can be of a, an encouragement and support to us. Um, that's one thing I really love about them. Um, and the fact that, um, the desire is to be close, um, and, and, you know, like the Chinese culture of calling aunties and uncles and, you know, friends and stuff like that. My kids growing up here have been able to learn that part of it and, call different people auntie and uncle and and it's it's the 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 community side of it's great and and that's something about chinese culture that i've always loved um is the community aspect of it um you know and and also the beautiful thing about it too is um chinese culture is so different in many ways from american culture um but yet the beautiful thing is that god's a god of you know diversity and when he brings people to him the gospel just shines through and it and it, it, it goes beyond the bound the maybe the the boundaries of culture and language and stuff like that and it's just amazing to see that um you know how how even in china god has been working even in the united states god is working in the, in the chinese churches and um you know that part of it's just a beautiful thing always um you know, here in our church, we have English and um, Chinese services. And once a month, we're together as a church um, to do communion and just to be together um, and to hear both languages together is, is, to me, a beautiful thing and a small piece of what heaven will be like. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the some of the many things, a few of the many things that um, I love about um, being here in the Chinese church. Um I guess some challenges, um, you know, that I, 
um, have faced, um, you know, as, as being a, the youth pastor trying to encourage um, the young people to love God is, is just the huge emphasis on, you know, performance and, um, you know, uh, academics and, and things like that, that those things aren't, aren't bad. Um, but in many ways, I think some of the challenges are that those things can sometimes take precedence over their uh, commitment to Christ, commitment to church, um, and, you know, their personal walk with him. And um, those are those are some definite challenging things to face in the youth ministry, at least, um, you know, where where that's a great identity. Um, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, like the simple decisions of, well, you have too much homework, uh, you need to stay home from church um, and get that done instead, kind of gives a little bit of a, I guess, a priority problem, you know, in, in, in their lives. And, and um, they begin to see that the grades and the academics can tend to be a little bit more important. Um, so that, that's, that's one of the challenges in, in the youth ministry, at least. Um, something amazing working, you know, as, as, you know, a uh, pastor of a smaller church, like, uh, you know, we don't have tons of people on staff, but I get to sometimes work with, um, you know, those who are just coming here from China. And so to get to see the, um, and, and experience God working in their, you know, their lives as, as immigrants is just amazing. Seeing the challenges of atheism um, and a lot of the immigrants, um, and and as you see God working in their life and explaining Scripture to them, explaining the truth, um, getting to see them just, um, you know, grow and and just be so excited about the truth is 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 a true blessing and and one of the one of the most fun things about um, serving in our church. But um, so uh, I guess some other challenges that I might think about are, you know, when it comes to the fact that, um, you know, there's an older generation and a younger generation, um, American born Chinese and, and, you know, uh, Chinese immigrant, right. Um, that, that can be a challenge too. And, and the gap, um, and that gap sometimes can be pretty wide, um, to where the older generation might not understand completely, um, the younger, and then because they don't understand, well, hey, well, you're the English pastor, you need to figure it out, right? Um, and so those, those can definitely be some challenges um, with expectation, um, and then when it doesn't go the way that the parent necessarily wants, you can kind of sense a little bit of like a, um, uh, you know, not approval of, of things that happened or how you've done things. Um, so, so that can be a challenge for sure, but, um, you know, I have seen in, in working here for, for this long that um, the parents that do try, the parents that do try to listen, try to understand um, and invest time into understanding their child um, and the difficulties that they go through, you see just a great um, you know, relationship begin to start and, and the parents and kids start unifying, you know, more in the home and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's definitely a challenge just, you know, uh, but I think if done with the parent, you know, wanting to be a part and understanding how God has to be that greatest identity, you know, things work out a lot better. Um, and, and you start to see that child, you know, not necessarily struggle as much, um, 
as they would have if the parent didn't know much. Um, so that's mm-hmm. another thing that's very challenging uh, working in the ministry. Yeah, you know, as as I've been listening to you share about serving in the Chinese church, um, man, like all these different things that you've talked about are things that Jalen and I have experienced that we're very familiar with. And, you know, um, I think that's a testament to the to the fact that you've been in that church for um, for 11 years. And I think for some of our listeners who only um, they listen to the podcast and they maybe don't see our social media graphics, they may not realize or they, they don't see what we're seeing right now as we're on this Zoom call, you know, that um, you are not ethnically Chinese, um, though I feel like as you talk about the Chinese church, like there's so much familiarity. And I know you've talked a bit or we've, you've kind of hinted at the fact that, you know, you grew up in uh, in China and um, that was a slightly different, uh, you know, upbringing or culture that you were a part of. Um, so I already know that you probably already very well equipped to step into the this church and serving in this church. But I was wondering is when you started at um, at the church, um, were there things that helped you to further bridge any cultural gaps that you had between you and um, maybe the first generation um, congregation or first generation members of the church or even the second generation young people? Um, you know, because I, I know that like from from what I remember, um, I think that you are either entirely fluent or moderately uh, fluent in Chinese already. And so I know that that probably communication wise, you are you were very set. But were there other things that you had to learn or, um, you know, kind of figure out along the way when it came to culture? One thing that I guess I began to learn as a child um, being there and, you know, language wise, like um, right now, my Chinese is not so great. Um, my listening ability though, you know, is extremely high. It's a lot higher. Um, so, you know, say we're in conversation or in meetings, um, stuff like that. I can understand majority of what's being said and in the conversation. So I'll respond sometimes in Chinese more rarely, but back in English and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, there's been so many times I wish that my Chinese, you know, I could take time to study Chinese better. Um, but I think one of the things as a kid that I remember learning a lot um, that has helped me now is, you know, I never really felt like I was completely American um, because I grew up in such a different culture than, you know, a lot of my friends when I'd come back to the United States. And then my friends in China had no idea what the America was like, you know. Um, and, and so I never felt totally American and I definitely didn't feel Chinese. Um, but I think that there's some, you know, living there and being, you know, around the culture and my, my, my friends being, you know, Chinese nationals. And, you know, I, I took on some of that, you know, so there's some parts of me that I believe sometimes might be a little bit more Chinese of thought. Um, And so that, that, that was something very interesting growing up, coming back to the United States and, and just, um, kind of having to deal with those challenges and stuff. And, and so uh, one of the big things that I know, especially in Chinese culture, is that there's almost this understanding that, well, we're Chinese and you're not. And if, if you're not Chinese, then you might not totally understand kind of a thing. And so, or, you know, I'm from China and we do it this way. Um, and so those are some of the things that I remember bumping into even as a kid. 
Um, and that I still bump into sometimes being at the church. And I know that nobody's meaning those in a, in a bad way or trying to be, you know, exclusive or, you know, something like that. Um, but I think that's just a part of the culture, understanding that there's differences. And so growing up in that, you know, being in an American home, but when I go up my door, being in China, um, you know, it taught me to try to find the similarities. Hmm. Um, and that the similarities were a lot more than the very few differences that there were. And so culturally, yes, Chinese culture is vast. It's beautiful. It's got a rich history and stuff like that. And I've always valued that and respected that. Um, but to, you know, one thing I learned is, is if, if, you know, that a lot of maybe Americans might struggle with is that we can think that we're so different that people don't even try. People don't even try to kind of bridge that gap or try to get to know what the other culture is like more, you know, and, and, and so um, that's one thing as a, as, you know, growing up in China and even being here at the church that I've, you know, come to find that's very beneficial is, you know, to value, appreciate the culture, um, but understand that the similarities are a lot more that connect us and that bring mm -hmm. us together. And especially as Christians, right? I mean, that's the, that's the greatest identity that we have is in Christ. Um, you know, and it, it wasn't about like the, like scripture says, uh, you know, just the Jews, it's also about the Gentiles. So the world, like Jesus died for all. Um, and so, um, culturally that's something I always keep in the back of my mind. And, um, when I see and hear those comments sometimes over the years, um, it's one of those things where I'm like, that's just how, how it is. And, mm -hmm. you know, we still work. I still work with that, love the person and, and care about them and not take offense to things like that. Um, you know, when I was younger, was that easy? Sometimes not because, you know, especially as a teenager, you want to belong, you want to, you know, feel like you're part of something. Um, and so that was definitely a struggle growing up was not feeling like I belonged here or there. Um, in the United States coming back, um, it was like I had to catch up with the culture because it was changing so quickly, um, that I never really felt like I was, you know, really understood American culture completely either. I'm, I'm so impressed, though, Chuck, that you can participate in board meetings and staff meetings in Chinese <laughs> that, you know, that's something that I, I definitely can't do. I don't know about Jalen, but um, yeah, so it's I'm just super impressed. <laughs> I'm exhausted by the end of it because <laughs> you're just sitting there trying to translate and understand. And again, there's times I have to ask, well, what did you say there again? Because I didn't fully get that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's definitely challenging. Yeah, I think that's, as you were talking about, you know, for you growing up as a missionary kid in China, being sort of that third culture kid has equipped you well to serve in a ministry now where you understand sort of both cultures, right? And I think we've talked in, in previous podcasts about the, that, that, that concept of code switching and being able to converse uh, not just in the actual like physical language uh, in Chinese, but also just being able to shift your thinking uh, between two different cultures because you've grown up in those different cultures, which is extremely helpful. Um, and so I'm, I'm wondering, like more specifically in your relationship with the Chinese speaking pastors, how has that helped you? Um, what is what is your relationship with the Chinese speaking pastors look like? Because you you probably in a lot of ways have a leg up on 
uh, on a lot of other pastors in English ministries who, who aren't maybe as comfortable code switching or, or thinking in sort of like Chinese culture perspective or, or having that sort of uh, background. Yeah. So, I mean, relationship with, with, uh, with Chinese pastors, it's an important thing. Like um, I think a lot of patience um, has to be involved in it. Um, it's where you're, you're willing to go um, a little bit more beyond um, to try to work together, especially when the culture is different and personalities can be different, language is different, um, you know, and finding, finding the value, I guess, in the other, the other pastor that you're working with um, and uh, finding some similarities that you can, you can enjoy together and, and talk about and, um, you know, I think also just extending that hand of care that you love the other person and, and showing them in gesture and in word that you're willing to, um, you know, work together is big too, because I think it's, it's easy just to be like, this is English, you know, ministry that is Chinese ministry. Um, and so that can, that can definitely be very, um, polarizing, I guess, in ministry. Um, and, so I think those are some big things. And one of the things that uh, when I first moved here, our first head pastor that was here, um, or Chinese pastor, was that uh, we met weekly um, and talked about life. It wasn't just about church ministry. And so he, he was a great example of that, um, being willing to bridge that age gap, culture gap, language gap, um, and every other gap that you can throw in there. Um, he was someone who was willing to do that. And so that made a great impression on me um, as, you know, uh, I've been here ministering here at the church. Yeah. You know, I love hearing that. I love hearing um, about, you know, another generation of pastor that really is pouring into you and especially pouring into the, you know, pastors that serve in the English side um, because it's so valuable um, to have them both speak into your life, but also for them to understand like who you are and how God has wired you and called you into ministry. And so hearing stories like that, man, that's so encouraging. And I'm, I'm glad that, um, that when you started, you had that, you know, that experience with um, this other Chinese pastor, um, you know, just wanting to switch gears for a, a little bit right here. Um, you know, when we introduced you, we mentioned that your role is as the next generation, um, pastor and the English pastor, or I guess your title is like next generation and English pastor, which I'm sure can be a, a confusing or a mouthful. Um, but I think that probably just speaks to the fact that you've been there long enough. And as you've served with youth ministry, many of your students have now also moved into the English or into the adult congregation. And I'm sure you're also pastoring families and parents and all that. So I, I guess I'm curious about as you've made that transition from uh, starting as a youth pastor to now also overseeing the English ministry, um, how has the way that you do ministry changed or has it been the same? Um, you know, what's shifted, what hasn't shifted? I guess, yeah, when it comes to the title change, like when I first came here, it was to start the youth ministry from scratch. Um, you know, they didn't have a youth ministry to begin with. Uh, it was all children's ministry in our area specifically being uh, you know, Purdue town. So Purdue university, um, you know, being up in Chicago, maybe even, you know, California, the Chinese population is not as many. 
um, but there's a significant amount of Chinese here. And so, um, you know, so coming here, starting the youth ministry was, you know, just a, a fun thing to do. It, it was, it was really cool to be able to start that from scratch um, and, and to be able to, you know, change things and tweak them here. And, um, you know, a lot of big learning curves um, that went on there. Um, in the midst of it, um, our, at that time, senior pastor had uh, decided to step down, move to um, another state and stuff. And so I was quickly just um, put into a role that went beyond youth ministry. And, um, and so that was challenging, very challenging, um, because I think one thing that with youth ministry, um, unless you've been in youth ministry, might not understand that, you know, that uh, that role alone is full time. Um, when you when you really care about uh, seeing that ministry grow and pouring into it, um, I think a lot of times some you know uh, other positions of pastors might not fully grasp that. Um, you know, even the messaging, the um, communication, going to the games, to the you know the music events, all that kind of stuff takes a lot of time. Um, and so that was that was a big challenge for me to be able to transition into something a little bit more. Um, they had a sit down conversation with me and said, hey, you know, so we need you to kind of, you know, broaden <laughs> your willingness to serve in other areas. And, and so uh, it was a journey. It's, it's been a journey since, you know, we've ha- we've we've had transition of ministry leaders in the church. And even currently right now, we're in the process of looking for, a, you know, a Chinese speaking pastor. Um, so right now I'm I'm the only pastor here at the church. Um, that that role of next generation um switching gears from not only just looking at the high schoolers and maybe you know serving on sunday mornings with the children um in children's worship time um it it got broader because yeah like you said the students were you know growing up moving on and we start to have um these uh english-speaking students come into the church um and um, wanting to figure out how they can plug in and be a part. And, and so over the years, uh, it's developed into, uh, you know, a college ministry that is still, you know, in its beginning stages and growing. Um, and so that's been a challenge sometimes as well to kind of, you know, work with a high school ministry and then college ministry. And in many ways, there's some similarities, but they're still very drastic, um, in ministry and availability of the students and stuff like that. Um, and so it's been cool to see how God's been using that, uh, over the past few years, we've had some, you know, uh, significant growth in the college side of it. Um, and some leaders stepping up to really help and be a part. And, um, and so that's, that's been a beautiful thing. And I think in many ways, um, I sat there many times throughout the 11 years, just thinking, God, I, I can't do this. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I really need you. Like, and I think that's really where he, you know, taught me a lot and continues to teach me is that, um, I can't be it. It can't be me. Um, but I have to be willing, you know, a vessel that's willing to be used. And, um, and so it's been such a humbling process, um, there. Um, and, you know, right now, uh, uh, we have, we started an English service, uh, and it's been going for quite a few years, about seven years right now. Um, and, um, 
just seeing that part of it grow has been a blessing too. So that, that added challenges, like if you were to ask me when I was in ministry school, if I wanted to preach most Sundays, I'd be like, absolutely not. I'm, you know, I'd be so scared. You know, I remember my first, my first uh, time preaching in front of my, my uh, preaching class and just feeling so nervous. And then my first few times uh, preaching in, uh, in the churches that I was working in, you know, I, I was, I was a mess. And then today, like having to preach every week, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's great. I love it. It's, it's something I, I look forward to. Um, I mean, it takes a lot of preparation, but it's something I look forward to and enjoy, come to enjoy. Um, and so, you know, in the midst of that, especially those three big areas and still trying to help and encourage the other side of the church and, and, and the leadership, like, um, it's been challenging and I feel the stretching that's been going on there that, um, you know, we built a church building in the midst of all of the, these 11 years. And I had to help lead that, uh, along with some other great leaders of the church. And, um, you know, and, and, and so, so many different experiences, um, that came with that title. Um, and I think also that title is just like, you know, he does a lot in the church. So let's just give him like a, general title um and and so hence the next generation english pastor um uh that that kind of gives a vagueness to some of the the hats that are worn well it definitely sounds like there's some great things that you're that you're getting to be a part of and and seeing you're you're at the forefront of like new things happening uh almost constantly it seems like in in your church and so we definitely want to be you know praying for you i know that it sounds like there's there's a lot going on and, and just a, a full plate. But as we wrap here, what what is um, one piece of advice or encouragement you would give to someone currently serving in the Chinese Heritage Church? I would say, um, you know, embrace those differences, um, embrace the the challenges that come, and and be careful not to get so frustrated um, uh, with those differences because. You, you know, looking at those differences, those are some of the most beautiful things and areas of growth that God might have for you personally um, in that ministry area. Um, and, and to remember too, like one of the things is, is that um, we, can, we can make these statements about, well, that's just Chinese church, realizing that every church has that, no matter what ethnicity, every church has its difficulties and challenges, and not one is better than the other. Um, and when we can look at, you know, serving in Chinese ministry um, and getting this, you know, see the, the amazing power of God at work like that. That's the most beautiful thing. So don't, don't be discouraged in some of those differences um, and, and make sure you embrace those, embrace the people because Chinese, uh, Chinese people, you know, the Asian culture, China, Chinese culture is just so kind and welcoming. Um, and, you know, you'll be blessed as you do serve in that position. Um, and, and, you know, those challenges again will be things of growth for you. So again, embrace that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great encouragement, Chuck. Thank you for sharing that, for sharing some of your experience and wisdom. Uh, it's been great having you on the podcast with us tonight. Yeah. Thankful to be on here with you guys. Thanks, Chuck. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors podcast. 
Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.